Blog Talk Welcome Radio. to the Arnold Report, everybody. It's Wednesday, uh, 9-18, September 18th. This is Fed Day. So um, let's get comfortable and start going over some issues so we know how to handle our investing and our trading strategies on a Fed Day. Um, so here's what we're going to talk about. Three basic topics. Number one, Fed Rate Day. There's three um, interesting developments or issues that I think we have to understand um, that will affect how the markets behave. So we're going to go over those today. Then we're going to skip to our favorite topic that we all love, the cannabis investing theme. We haven't discussed it in a while um, on a, to the in-depth degree that I think we'll do it today. And the reason for that is I've, as you all know, who follow the Armour Report, um, I've been recommending a significant cash position in your cannabis holdings since really the end of May. Okay. So we, we have a serious issue in the cannabis space and the investing theme. There's five major problems that we have to get over before we're going to see this theme reignite. Hey, let me call you back. Okay. Yeah, I did. Great. Bye. Love you. Okay. Um, There's five major issues. So we're going to go over those issues on cannabis today. So you understand how to follow those issues. And when we get over those issues or hurdles, that's when we start to get more bullish on the space. Okay. And then we're going to wrap up with a discussion um, that a longtime subscriber has brought to my attention some risks in the hemp CBD space that I think are worth discussing. So those are the three topics today. The Armour Report obviously is a show about stock market investing. For those of you who are new, Armour stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. So we start all of our decision-making in our portfolio by assessing market risk and then determining how much cash to hold, how much risk to take, how aggressive to be. I share with you information directly off my trading desk. It's information I'm using with my own personal portfolio. This is an educational discussion with you. I'm not telling you what stocks to buy. I don't know you. I couldn't you know, possibly tell you how much risk to take because I don't know your financial situation. So what you could take away from these conversations is how I handle my own risk. I've been doing this over 30 years. The tools we use to a determined risk, and then look into your own portfolio, look into the mirror and ask yourself the questions, how much risk do I want to carry based on this information? It's a live trading desk. The phone just rang. That was my sister. Um, Could be traders, could be a a research analyst. Who knows? So forgive me if I have to stop in the midst of this and answer phones. Um, Okay, let's get to topics right away. It's Fed Day. Three, Three major issues that um, have developed in the last few days that I think um, bear attention. Oh, before we jump into it, let's look at um, whether we're bull or bear, right? I like to put this at the top corner of the screen for you guys to understand immediately when you watch these videos, whether or not our algorithms are bear or bull. So obviously right now it's bull, okay? Um, But the risk we're willing to take is limited because of the cross-currents of confusion in the market. So there's six indexes we follow that drive our risk decisions. 
Okay, that's the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ 100, the small cap index, the IBD 50, and the momentum index. There have been some strange cross currents in the last couple weeks leading up to this Fed meeting. Two of those indexes, the momentum index and the IBD 50, which are the leadership sectors of the market, have dramatically underperformed. And there's been a resurgence in small caps. But don't forget, IWM, by the way, these algorithms are designed for the ETFs of these indexes. 25% of IWM is derived from small cap financials, which are seriously affected by Fed rate decisions. So it's been a very strange market. The leadership sector in the last couple of weeks has been destroyed. Yet, small cap financials have gone up into this Fed meeting. Now, why would that be? And financials in general have rallied into the Fed meeting. I'm going to give you some basic thoughts, but the market, let me preface this by saying, doesn't respect basic thoughts anymore. So things that we've learned... 30 years of doing this aren't always the reason that markets are behaving the way they're behaving. Okay? So, um, generally speaking, financials go up when the Fed's actually raising rates. When the yield curve is steepening. Banks make more money. That's just basic fundamentals. So to see small caps run up into the Fed meeting almost suggests that some sector of the market that's investing, a big sector, by the way, believes that the Fed is really going to disappoint today. In other words, not cut rates aggressively, not talk about new QE, um, cut maybe another 25 basis points and then talk about how they don't need to do it anymore or not cut at all. That's kind of how the market's reacting. If you see leadership collapse and financials go up, it makes you feel like, look, leadership rockets higher when the Fed's adding liquidity, which means cutting rates or doing QE. So for leadership to collapse into this Fed meeting and for the other sector of the market that generally does well when the Fed is not collapsing rates, which are financials, for that sector to be doing well, it seems like there's some big players putting on some big bets that the Fed is not going to say what the market wants to hear today. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just telling you what the market behavior is. Now, there's so many algorithms and cross currents. Uh, I, I mean, I say all this with a grain of salt. I'm not really making a prediction. I'm just telling you traditionally what the market's doing right now would suggest to me there's a negative move coming. Hang on a second, guys. All right, guys, I'm back. Now, suggests to me that there could be a disappointment coming from the Fed. Who knows? So now let's look at three key factors that have occurred 
in the last couple of, of days, really. Number one, going along with this thesis of perhaps a Fed disappointment today, is that the expectations that the Fed's going to cut rates today, which were running around 85%, have dropped somewhere around the 50% level just in the last week or so. You know, there's guys that put trades on and let us know um, what the overall prediction is. And it's dropped to 50%. So it's, they, they still, it's a little like 52%. So they still think the Fed's going to cut rates here. But in the last five days, it's dropped from 80% to 50%. And then you put that with the idea that momentum stocks and stocks that do well when the Fed's adding liquidity have collapsed and financials are rallying. Something's going on here. Someone's making big bets that the Fed's not going to satisfy today. Then we see, over the last couple of nights, I don't know if you guys have seen this story, but it's very important to follow. There's the overnight lending rate, the repo market. And I suggest you guys Google this and read up about it. I'm not going to walk you through how this process works. But for the first time since 2008, the Fed had to step in in the last two nights to add liquidity in the repo market to the tune of $50 billion two nights ago and $75 billion last night. This suggests that there is a lack of liquidity in the system and there needs to be injections to stabilize it. Now, Jamie Dimon has come out, you know, the CEO of J.P. Morgan, and said this is no big deal. This happens sometimes during quarterly tax payments or whatever. Um, if it happens sometimes, I would like to ask Jamie during uh, um, uh, these markets, then why hasn't it happened since 2008? So I don't, I don't really understand that. If it's a normal thing and no big deal, why hasn't it happened since 2008? I, I don't know, okay? But I do know in 2008 all – Bank CEOs were coming out, in, including the Fed, by the way, Ben Bernanke, were coming out constantly saying, don't worry about it. These are normal problems. There's nothing wrong with the financial system. And we all knew what happened, or we know what happens in 2008. So I'm not saying this is 2008 again. I'm just saying uh, just because a bank CEO says it's no big deal, you, you shouldn't really take that um, with any real value. Because everybody was saying 2008 was no big deal until it was. So the question to me is you put all these pieces together and something's happening. Now, the fact that the Fed had to step in and add liquidity in the last two nights, does that suggest that the Fed will be more aggressive cutting rates today? I don't know. See, so we've got some conflicting behavior. If the Fed adds liquidity today at a bigger rate than people expect, I would expect small caps to go down. The bank stocks will go down. And I would say resurgence in momentum and the IBD 50 indexes. Okay. And I really don't know what's going to happen. The cross currents are enormous. And this is another reason why we are risk off in here. Now, let me just reiterate. Risk off doesn't mean I have no positions on. It means I focus on positions like dividend payers, passive income payers, you know, 
things that I feel I can um, live with during market volatility. Okay? It means that I won't go out there and be aggressive. When I say risk on, it means I'm aggressive. Momentum stocks, IBD 50, you know, leadership stocks. I'm adding index positions. All right? That's not the case. We're risk off. So now we're just holding core positions, positions that are paying dividends, while we wait for these cross currents to tell us what really is happening in the market and give us a risk opportunity that meets with the rewards we're, we're, we're expecting. So don't forget, these algorithms are all based on probabilities and statistics. We don't expect to be right every time. We just expect to be right a lot more than we're wrong, right? We use stop losses whenever we put positions on to manage that risk. But we also try to only put risk on when we feel the reward is worth the risk we're taking. Right now, the market for the last 20 months has been in a sideways pattern with massive volatility. So in order to get the reward for the risk we're taking, we need a sell-off so we can buy weakness so that the rally back up to the highs, we already have big gains. And that we're not counting on new highs in the market to carry us. Okay. Oh, and that reminds me, take a look at this. I've been showing this chart uh, over the last two weeks. This is the behavior into each Fed meeting, the last couple of Fed meetings. What will occur today? Will it be a breakout to all-time new highs? Will the Fed say things that are very positive, adding liquidity? Or will it disappoint? And we'll get another sell-off after the Fed meeting. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Don't forget, guys, if you are finding anything that I'm saying of value, please give me a thumbs up. It helps me for, of course, my YouTube channel. All right, thanks. Now, let's move on to our favorite topic of the day. That's cannabis investing. There's five key problems with this sector right now that are keeping us on the sidelines. So I know a, a lot of subscribers, a lot of guys who have subscribed for the Armor Report. It's a free report. You can get it on our website, Rosenthal Capital. Uh, by the way, stay tuned. We're going to be building a website just for the Armor Report. Um, that's coming soon. So we're going to move that off of Rosenthal Capital and onto its own site for you guys to make it a lot easier, make it a better resource. Anybody that's subscribed to the Armor Report, a lot of you guys are emailing me, asking me questions. When will I get more aggressive on cannabis? So I wanted to discuss it today. There's five issues that stand in the way of me becoming more aggressive. Not even aggressive. But it, it, it stands in the way of me putting money to work in the space. It's no surprise I have one investment in the space. I've told you that for a while. It's, it's, it's Charlotte's Web. I'm not telling you to buy Charlotte's Web. I'm just saying that's what I'm doing. It's the only stock I own in the cannabis space, and it's been like that for months. Okay? I've been begging you guys for months to protect your capital in the space so that you have the ability to take advantage of the destruction. There will be time for us. There'll be a time to step up and put our favorite stocks back in the portfolio. It's not now. Here are the five problems 
that this investing theme has to overcome for us to get more enthusiastic about the space. I'm going to list them for you and then we'll talk about them. Number one, we need to see the whole can trust issue go away. It has to get out of the headlines. Okay, number two, we've seen a margin collapse in all of these big Canadian LPs. We need to see margins start to rebound in coming quarters. This is in no particular order, by the way. There's just five major issues that are keeping this space down. The can trust debacle, margin collapse, capital raise. Listen to the conference calls of all these LPs in Canada and here in the U.S., by the way. Everybody's trying to raise capital at a time of collapsing margins. It's very difficult to see the equities go up. When analysts look out into the next three to six to nine months and say, these companies need cash, how are they going to get it? They can't go to banks here in the U.S., that's for sure, right? How are they going to get it? There's capital raises everywhere. And this is a simple supply and demand problem, right? I think that there's a lot of hype around the Q4 release of edibles in Canada. I think we really have to get past that so we can see what the real demand is. People are hanging their hat on edibles, and it's going to be a huge boon, and it's going to save the sector. That's a lot of heavy lifting for edibles. We need to see some numbers come through that prove that theory. And the fifth thing is that there is zero institutional sponsorship here in the U.S. And the institutions have been bitten so bad by this sector in Canada that they're, you know, they're rats jumping off ships. Those are five major issues. Can trust, margin collapse, capital raise, institutions leaving the space like crazy and, um, and the hype over edibles in Q4. This is what's keeping the space down. You might come up with other ideas. I'd love to hear it. Comment. Let me know. Tell me what you think is the reason these stocks are down. I think the number one reason is the lack of institutional sponsorship for sure here in the U.S., I'm seeing some companies in the U.S. put up incredible numbers. And the stocks make new lows. How's that possible? Well, it's possible because there's no institutional sponsorship. I've explained this ad nauseum on other uh, videos, so I won't keep going on. Please watch our cannabis channel on the YouTube. Um, if you look at our YouTube channel, you'll see cannabis playlist. And it's got all these discussions. So get yourself caught up. Institutions drive stocks. It's not my buying and your buying. So institutions have to want to put money in the space. It's not that you can't trade these things from week to week and maybe make a little bit of money. But what we're looking for is a group and a stock to start making a 45-degree angle move to the upside and a nice steady uptrend which tells us that institutions are accumulating the 
the, the stock or the group. We don't have any of that here. Let me show you what we do have. Okay? That's what we've got. There's a picture of MJ. Right? The ETF MJ. I highlighted for you in yellow the breakdown originally was a stock market sell-off last year, and we had a rip and rally off the bottom. But this sell-off is all self-inflicted. And we're challenging the lows. Wake up, guys. Wake up. I love the cannabis theme, and I love cannabis stocks, but that doesn't mean I have to own them or you have to own them in the midst of a collapse. We have to protect capital. We have to keep doing our research, listening to conference calls, waiting for the turn. So let's get to some conference calls. Guys, Aurora Cannabis conference call is terrible. It's another big player with collapsing margins that have a lot of capital spend in the future that looks like they're going to burn through cash and that admitted on the call they're going to have to raise cash. And they say they have other ways to do it, but certainly they could do, you know, they could do it with equity. You know, guys, this is the problem keeping the space down. Keep doing your research. Don't give up on the theme. Three, five, ten years out, I think there's a lot of money to be made in the space. But when you're stuck in the teeth of a downtrend and there's no catalyst to change it right now, it, it's, it's a waste of time. You know what um, Albert Einstein said about insanity? If you keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. Okay? So if you keep searching around the cannabis space, trying to find new ideas, thinking you're going to make money, but we have these five major issues, and you have a chart pattern like that on the whole group, you're, you're just banging your head against the wall. Don't frustrate yourself. Just be patient. So the CanTrust story that broke yesterday or the day before, that now uh, um, our license has been revoked, I need to get this story off the front page. I really, quite frankly, wish that Health Canada would have just put them out of business so we can move on. Very often that kind of cleans out the problem. Instead, Health Canada said they can keep cultivating what they're growing right now. They can keep trimming, but they can't grow anything else while they're under suspension. That makes it sound like they're going to get their license back. So we still don't know what's happening there. We need a resolution there. We need to see. I don't think you'll miss anything substantial on the upside until we see a company announce earnings where margins start to recover. I don't care if it's Kronos or, 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 or um, Canopy or, or ACB or Organigram, any of them. We need one of those guys to say, yes, we're done with the build-out and the grow, and here we, here we have an earnings announcement where, where margins are starting to recover like we told you it would. Let me tell you something. Institutions have been hammered by this space. Can trust it as secondary. And then we found out they were lying. They went to the institutional market to raise capital, and then they found out they were lying. So institutions are gone. And in order to get them back, we need to see somebody telling the truth. So all of these big Canadian LPs 
are talking about spend now and in Q4, edible growth, margins will go back up. I honestly believe we're going to have to see at least one company prove that theory before we start to see real investment back into the space. Okay. So that, that, that wraps it up on the cannabis story. You want to know what it, will, what, what it will take for me to put some money to work? It's going to take that. Will I find a chart pattern that looks interesting and maybe I could put a little money to work for you know, a bounce up? Sure, you can. But serious money, my money, will not be put to work until I start to see some of these topics resolved. Now let's talk about a longtime subscriber. You know who you are, and thank you so much for your direct messages yesterday. They were very interesting. You know, I, I keep saying the only stock that I own for myself is Charlotte's Web, and the number one reason for that is that it's the only stock in the cannabis space that institutions really have an interest in because it's not really a marijuana stock, right? It's a hemp CBD company which really is just a consumer packaged good. It's a CPG company. It's very easy for institutions to understand the story. So if they want to be part of the cannabis investing theme, if they want to get on the CBD momentum, they got one pure play. It's Charlotte's Web. Trades on the Toronto Stock Exchange, right? Its management team is packed full of CPG people, right? The CEOs from Kellogg's, right? We got a J&J guy in there. We have InBev people in there. So in the last six months, they brought in a beautiful C-suite of CPG people who understand how to drive this business. That's something an institution can understand. So I'm willing to put my money there too. Small, small guys. I'm not willing to put a lot of money at all in any of these stocks because of what's going on in the space but I have some exposure there. So this subscriber brings up the question. There's two major questions. One, and I agree with you. I receive all the information coming out of Charlotte's Web's website about discounts and offerings. And, at, you know, maybe six months ago, you would see a 5% discount on this, a 10% on that. And now we're up to some 50% discounts. And it may concern you. It doesn't really concern me. I think that if you look at consumer packaged goods, particularly the vitamin business, and this is just quite frankly like a supplement. It's a supplement. So we can look at other supplements. Anecdotally, I'll just tell you that um, my father is a big um, consumer of a product, products made from a company called um, Life Extension. Right? It's a bunch of um, vitamins and supplements. It's a nice magazine. They sell some good product. He routinely waits for Life Extension to offer 50% off his favorite product, and then he buys six months' worth of it. Now, that's just anecdotal, but I don't think my dad's alone. When it comes to supplements, these types of offerings happen all the time. And the idea, obviously, is to make it up on volume. 
And if my dad's any judge, it works. They want to move product. They do an offering, and there's a whole bunch of guys that just wait for those offerings and then hit it big and stock up at their house. So I don't really know if we can take anything away from the idea that six months ago, three months ago, they were doing 15% off offerings, and now they're doing some 50% off. I think there's a new management team in there that understands the supplement business, and they're putting in different strategies as they grow this business. So it, it doesn't really disturb me. Now let's move on to the Aurora Cannabis Conference Call. You made a great point. I actually missed this when I first listened to it, the Aurora Call. There were questions on the Aurora Call about the hemp CBD business. They think it's huge. They want to get into the space. Um, they're evaluating companies in the space. I don't know. That could be a good thing. Maybe they're evaluating Charlotte's Web. Who knows? Maybe they want to take that company. I don't know. But the issue they brought up had to do with the FDA ruling. First of all, uh, Aurora said they're going to probably make their acquisition before an FDA ruling. Like They're not going to wait for an FDA ruling to make an acquisition. That was interesting. But they, the management team of Aurora said – that they believe the FDA will rule on isolates first. They'll allow for isolate sales for cons you know, consumption, and they'll come up with some rules on how much, I guess, you can sell in a bottle. And that full spectrum will be something they do later. That's interesting. Full spectrum later, isolate first. So if you're a holder of Charlotte's Web, that's exactly opposite what the management team of Charlotte's Web thinks. And I find it odd. I don't, I don't really find it odd because the management of ACB said that the World Health Organization has ruled on CBD, but there's so many other cannabinoids, the terpenes, the polyphenols in hemp CBD that you know, they haven't tested that. They don't know what the side effects of that are and blah, blah, blah. So probably they're just going to rule that it's okay to sell an isolate. I don't, that doesn't really make sense to me. Look, I don't know. So I'm glad you brought it up. It's certainly a risk, right? I talk about the, the positives about Charlotte's Web all the time. So these are some risks. We don't know what the Fed's going to say. I mean, the FDA is going to say. The FDA could say something that, directly hurts Charlotte's Web's business. That's absolutely accurate. I don't expect that to happen. Charlotte's Web's working closely with the FDA. They're the biggest player in the space. I, I would find it shocking if the FDA said, you can't sell full-spectrum CBD oil anymore. I would find that shocking. And by the way, and I posted this today on my um, Twitter account. You guys can go follow me on Twitter at Brett Rosenthal or hashtag Armor Report, um, Brett with one T. Um, I posted a white paper or like a study. It wasn't a white paper. It was a study about terpenes and, and the other um, polyphenols that are in um, hemp, you know, hemp extracts. We find these types of 
cannabinoids in all kinds of plants. It's not just the hemp plant. So it'd be very strange for the FDA to say you can't package full spectrum hemp because there could be some terpenes or some polyphenols that we're not sure about. If that's the case, then they better review all of the vitamins and supplements that they're allowing people to sell right now. Because no doubt, there are going to be other polyphenols and things that people don't know about. So I just find that very strange. It's a very odd comment from Aurora and directly opposite what um, Charlotte's Web is thinking. So we don't know. It's definitely a risk. I appreciate you looking out for me and for the rest of um, the listeners of the Armour Report and bringing up these risks. Um, so we'll just have to see how it plays out. All right, guys, listen, I appreciate the time you spent with me. Let's see what happens on Fed Day. Um, we'll find out later today. It could go either way. But the algorithms are telling us there's a lot of cross currents and confusion. So let's see how it plays out and try to add on weakness. All right. Take care, guys. I'll talk to you again on Friday, 1130 for the week in review. And we'll be able to go over what happens today and how we're going to trade it. Oh, by the way, I meant to mention this. I am still working on um, a report for the Armour Report. Everybody who subscribes to the Armour Report is going to get a report from me about a cannabis stock. I'm doing research on it now, 10 Qs, 10 Ks, analyst reports, listening to conference calls, uh, management discussions. And I'm going to let you know, I'm going to write a report for you guys, could be as early as this weekend, about a stock that I think can be bought now in the cannabis space. All right, so subscribe to this free Armour Report. Go to the website, rosenthalcapital.com. Subscribe, and you'll get that report. All right, guys, see you on Friday.